Aspire to Lead listeners, I hope you had a wonderful week. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me as I have the wonderful opportunity to speak to a fantastic principal in the San Antonio area. And before we get to that conversation, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Toddle. Several listeners reached out within the last couple weeks and asked about the recordings for the School Leaders Boot Camp. And there were so many fantastic presentations and presenters, and they wanted to know if they can get access. And the answer is yes. You can still register to get access to the School Leaders Boot Camp. So head over to the show notes or my website, joshdamper.com. Click on the bit.ly link, and that will get you a free pass to those recordings. Toddle continues to have professional development, but the School Leaders Boot Camp is going to be coming back again next year, and it's just going to get better and better each time, but I want you to have access to this wonderful event. If you're wondering what Toddle is, Toddle is an all-in-one teaching and learning platform used by over 40,000 educators around the world. If you want to learn more, head over to toddleapp.com to learn about the many features offered in this wonderful platform. You can hear from other educators on how the application transformed their campus and district, or you can dig into the many case studies that they have online so you can look at how they streamline all their teaching and learning needs with the Toddle application. Well, my guest today, Marty Silverman, is just a fantastic guy, leader, principal, and I had the opportunity to meet him actually a couple times, and we'll talk about those times uh, in this conversation, but he's just such a humble man and a huge heart. I just can't wait for you to take a listen to this conversation as we dive into so many different topics on leadership. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Marty, thank you so much for being on the Aspire to Lead podcast. Well, Josh, I am thrilled to be here. What fun. I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's been a little while since you and I have talked, and so I'm looking forward to continue to catch up like we just did pre-recording and really happy to be here. Marty, it was great to see you not too long ago. Really, I guess. uh, What was that? TCEA and... We got to meet in San Antonio and have dinner with so many fantastic friends. And then I got to join you on your podcast, which was such an honor. I loved being a guest on on that podcast. And then I want to say, though, I was super impressed. You got to be superintendent for a day. Oh, man. I, and, you know, it was a powerful day because I was supposed to be for two days, remember? That's right. And that day we had some uh, weather that came through and my second day ended up being an ice day that didn't even happen. So, you know, I got all my superintendent uh, out in one day and, you know, not many, I know superintendents don't always have a long tenure, but mine may have been the shortest ever, uh, (laughs) seeing as as it was only one day. But I know you made a great impact in that one day. And I know (laughs) you were probably the most popular superintendent out there because you got to shut the place down and send everyone home. Definitely. I was definitely the most popular one that day, for sure. (laughs) Well, that was crazy. I mean, with TCEA, it was so so great to meet so many fantastic educators. And, you know, I got to present there and Katie Miglin from the Teach Better team joined and we got to go and be with so many folks. But the weather there was just terrible. Uh, There was a snowstorm that never happens, especially in San Antonio, where you reside. And it was so weird. But the blessing was that I got to spend an evening with you 
got to hear about your story, all the wonderful things that you're doing in your district. And I would love for you to share with my listeners as far as your educational and leadership background. So to frame it all, this is the last nine weeks of my 40th year in Texas public education. The listeners can't see me, but you know, I probably started when I was about six, seven, eight years old, right? Oh, for if sure. It's, <laughs> if it's been that. No, but I, I, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. So if you want to talk about the leadership journey starting there, I love to, to tell this story. My sisters always insist that I tell the story, and that is that uh, I'm the youngest of four kids, the only boy. And uh, my sisters were big at playing school. And my crib was the principal's office. So if you if you want to really go back to either, you know, talk about how imprinting happens or just destiny uh, it presents itself early on. My sisters always say to me, well, you were destined to be a principal because we had you as the principal uh, even in your crib. So uh, it does start there. But there were a couple, you know, there, there were a few years in between uh, the crib and actually starting starting the job. I was a, a teacher, an elementary teacher for seven years in Houston ISD and San Antonio ISD. Uh, I became an administrator at uh, age 28 in a uh, in SSD as a teacher appraiser. And it was kind of a great position to do because it all I did for a year and a half was just appraise teachers, just watch teachers teach and and do the you know the state appraisal system with them. Uh, that was a position that San Antonio ISD had at the time. And so in that year and a half, I did 450 teacher observations. And of all of the education that I received, you know, uh, getting my master's at UTSA and my undergraduate, uh, that was probably the most impactful because I got to see so many. I got to see the good and the bad. I I did elementary schools and and middle schools and and got to see all kinds of different teaching. And then. I became an assistant principal. I moved districts. I became a principal in a small, well, it was at the time, a small four-campus district. And I was a primary school principal for pre-K through second grade for a while. Uh, after a few years, I moved back into town here in San Antonio, and I've been in Judson ISD for the past 25 years. Just celebrated my 25th year here in this district uh, as an elementary AP and principal, you know, here I am. I uh, the the pandemic was impactful to me in that that was the time that kind of pushed me to look beyond the borders of you know where I live. And so, like people like you that I may not have ever gotten to connect with, uh, suddenly when we were stuck at home, uh, we wanted to go even farther than where we were. And so, uh, getting connected to you and and through a Teach Better team to so many educators around the country and, and around the world has been, you know, you think as you're later in your career that there's nothing new and that maybe you'll, you know, kind of slide into uh, retirement. And uh, it's been kind of the opposite. Uh, so many of the professional things that I've done have happened really just in these last uh, two, three years. Well, and I have to say congratulations because, I mean, the news is out. You're, you're about to retire. News is out. Yes, uh, in eight and a half weeks, but not counting. Uh, and really, I'm not counting because I'm I'm kind of in a in a weird place about it. Not because I'm regretting or you know like leaving things undone, but it's just weird to have had this identity for so long as uh, as a school person, as an educator, as somebody who has a job in the public schools 
to to think about being absent of that identity. It just takes a minute to to process, you know. Oh, I know. I I lived it firsthand this summer, and it took a little while because it does. You have this, especially for you and for I. You know, we've done it for a while. You just have this like internal clock of like I feel like I should be doing. X, Y, and Z right now because of, you know, it's August or July, right? And you just feel like there's this void that's missing. And I kept waking up feeling like I was supposed to be somewhere and I was going to get in trouble because I was still at home, you know, just weird things like that. Well, you know, it's what, what's weird to me is I think about somebody, you know, who will ask me, what is it you do? Like right now, what do you do? What people ask, what do you, oh, what do you do? And I, I have an easy answer. I have an easy answer that everybody understands, right? But to not have have that ready response, uh, it becomes a little bit more tricky. And just and it's weird to have thought about it uh, as much as I've thought about it. But but it's that's real in my head. So no, I my my answer is always very messy, and people still have no idea what I do. <laughs> they re, they regret asking, right? Yeah, they're like, oh, so you just do everything? Okay, I understand now. Marty, I want to talk about your story a little bit because 28 years old, you are now in a leadership position. That's pretty early. I thought I was young. I think I was like 30 when I started to kind of make that transition um, over to Dean of Students. But 28, I mean, like you said, you, you're, you already look young. So I don't even know what a 28-year-old Marty right. looks like. But, you know, going into, you said 450 different observations and doing this with so many different teachers – I'm I'm curious on what the response was to you and how did you navigate being so young as aspiring leader? You know, that's a great question because uh, one of the things having had a long career, it's it's obvious to me now that there are things that I could and couldn't do as a young administrator different than things I can and can't do as an older administrator. And I will tell you being an older administrator is much easier. There's many more things that you can do, but you know, the good part of being 28, and then I was a principal when I was 31. So there, there's, you know, there's the two pieces of that. But being a 28-year-old administrator, a 31-year-old principal is in your head good because you know everything at that age and you feel, you know, like you're at the peak and you feel like you just, you know, I know, I know the right way and I know the best thing to do. And for you, that's a good, that's a good feeling. I will tell you that one of the things that happened when I when I became a principal was I was replacing a guy that had been there for 15 years at, at that school. He was a local. Uh, it was a small town and he was local. He was not leaving the district, but he was removed from the campus to a different position because of some, we know, new superintendent. And they they just needed some a different leadership at that campus. And I went in with these honest best intentions like you would not believe and knowing you know just like knowing right (laughs) the right thing to do and my I'll never forget they did a survey because TEA was involved in things going on in the district they did a survey and it was not positive it was not there was a lot there was some positive there was some positive uh, but there was a lot of not positive, and I was shocked by it, Josh. I was just absolutely floored because it was never my intention, nor was it, you know, something that I envisioned was going to happen. And so, to have been smacked with that negative feedback was was a good thing. But having gone in young with few doubts, you know, the fall was was more probably, but it was more impactful 
to change my behavior. You need like a big thing to happen as opposed to just a whole bunch of little things because you can you can justify away a bunch of little things, but to have a big a big thing happen makes you say, all right, you know, it can't just be, <laughs> it can't just be them. It's got to be also me. And so uh, that was actually a great, you know, in hindsight, not right at the moment, no, yeah. when it was happening, it was not a great experience, but, and I carried that survey. I used to keep it in my desk drawer for years. I had it in my desk drawer where I had gone, you know, like even beyond there just to remind me, but um, I, I've since divested myself of it, but, <laughs> but it was, that was the lesson right there, you know? So being a young administrator, uh, you know, if you're talking about people on their leadership journey, one of the things that I would say is to have a much broader picture, you know, much like a much bigger view of what goes on than just what you see going on right around you. Marty, I want to talk a little bit about that because, I mean, obviously it impacted you. You you held on to that for quite some time and maybe that was for motivation. Maybe it was just to never forget going through that experience. But I want to know what did you do after that and what were some changes you made as a young leader to say, okay, you know, I've, I've taken this into account. I've reflected on it. What were those things that you did to better yourself? Well, you know, the first thing I would say that I did was I listened, and probably the most impactful thing was I listened more than I was used to listening. I observed more than I was used to observing. I had always interacted. I interacted on a very surface level, but I interacted on a on a deeper level in and tried to really see what issues were from other people's perspectives because just like, you know, you're a parent of young kids. And, and when my kids were young, you know, like they'll put, come to you with what appears to be a problem to them. And sometimes our, our reaction is, oh, you're fine. You know, like, it's fine. You're fine. That's nothing. Like we, we diminish sometimes what other people think. And that was me as a new principal. Like people had what they considered to be issues that maybe I didn't consider to be an issue. But it was real because it was real to them. So it, it couldn't be just brushed aside. And I think what I learned was to listen and, and maybe empathize a little bit more and really try to find out what, because, you know, a lot of us think five steps beyond where people are at, but we forget that for them to get from where they're at to the five steps ahead of them that we may be, they have to take those five steps. We can't just say, you know, like be here now, <laughs> teleport here now. And so I think that was the lesson was like, listen, find out what their five steps are and help them, you know, back at where they're at to move to where, to where I'm thinking. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Marty, you've had 30 years of admin experience, and that's quite a bit above what the national average is for any principal. I mean, if you look, I, I think it's like three to five years that someone typically is in that role, and then you know they decide to either move up or move out um, of that position. And for you to have that longevity, I'm just curious, what was your secret to, to go that long? Well... It's interesting you say that because what I one of the things I see around me sometimes is people who have one foot in where they're where they are 
and one foot out the door, like right from the get, you know, right from the get go, they come into a job or, or a position already thinking about what the next one is going to be. And it's a dangerous spot to be. I'm, I'm very much a love the one you're with, you know, kind of guy. So it's even when I've had to move schools, you know, like I have loved, literally loved Josh everywhere I've worked. I've loved the, you know, I found people to love and I found communities to love and I've, and I've found, you know, of course, kids to love and, you know, all those things. But it is when you come into a job thinking, I'm going to do this for a little while so that I can become that. I think it cheats you out of finding a lot of joy because what you're, what you do is you're looking, you know, linearly and and they're not looking at the you know the hills and valleys of what reality is as a school principal and they don't allow themselves to enjoy what they do when people say every day is an interview i hate that expression because it shouldn't you know every day should be you doing the job that you do it shouldn't be so that somebody else sees you and says oh you know, that's the guy I want to be, you know, my director of whatever. And and there's nothing wrong with ambition. Don't get me wrong. It's, you know, people who want to do district office type work, you know, I, I respect that because I've come to the conclusion that I became a principal like a lot of people do, because as a teacher, I would see the principal and be like, I could do that. You know, I could do that. and I could do it better. We all did that. You know, I can make a change. I can make a more impactful change. And guess what, too? They pay him a lot more money. And people try to say that the move is not for money, but but you'd be silly to say that it's not for money because that's where the money is in education. If you could be a teacher forever and make principal pay and admin, you know, central admin pay, a lot more people would maybe stay in in the classroom. But you know, reality is we want to take care of our families and ourselves. And when that is your goal, and your goal is not to be where you're at and have your feet, both feet in the job that you're in, you can find a lot of, a lot of joy. And it's not the same every day. There's so many, oh my gosh, you know, I've had new things happen in the last literally two weeks. I was just talking about it with some uh, colleagues that you think you've seen it, right? And, (laughs) and then, and then something new happens, you know, that you haven't seen. And so you could miss that if you are worried about, People are looking at me so that I could become the next whatever. I'm going to pause for a moment to let you know that this episode is also brought to you by Papa Rob's Coffee. This is by far my favorite coffee in the world because it is incredibly fresh and tastes amazing. Head over to PapaRobsCoffee.com to see the many varieties of wonderful medium and dark blends. And when you check out, of course, don't forget to use the code ASPIRE15 to get 15% off your entire order. This is only for Aspire to Lead listeners, so make sure you take advantage of this code. Now, back to the episode. Every time I'm with you, I feel like I, I've gained some wisdom within our conversations. I mean, before we even push record, we, we were talking for a good 30 minutes. But now you are going to be kind of filtering all that into a new book. And I'm curious on what journey are you taking us on and what is the book going to be written for? The book is going to be a... In a way, it's going to be like a compilation of stories and experiences from my experience and all geared towards the idea of creating a culture to retain teachers because it's been a huge issue. It has been an issue at different times in my career at different places, but right now it's like a national 
you know, maybe even worldwide issue in a lot of places. And, you know, I'm truly of the belief that people don't leave a job for $2,000 to be miserable somewhere else. You know, money is not in our control. And so I leave that that completely out. But what I what I am attempting to do is to create an idea that if you build a culture where people want to stay, then then you are a lot farther along on the journey. And so there are things that people don't think about doing as leaders to purposefully develop culture that purposefully makes people want to purposefully stay. How's that for using the word purposefully a whole bunch of times? Uh, and so that's the intention of the book. So if there's you know chapters in the book about just different ideas about how to do that. But also what I've done is I've brought in some contributing authors because my perspective is my perspective. I have the you know, 25 years in San Antonio as an administrator in the schools that I've been in, but as a whole big world out there, as I have found out in, you know, in my last few years since we've been in the pandemic. And so I wanted to get the voices of, of people from different parts of the country, uh, different parts of the world, and who have different roles than me. And so what they're doing is they're writing, that's where I'm at kind of in the book. My chapters are written, but I'm collecting articles, I guess, 300, 400 word articles that are, that go along with my chapters, but with a perspective of somebody else. Marty, this is such a relevant topic right now, especially the time of year we're in. I mean, a lot of people are starting to recruit for those empty positions or make sure that they're retaining the fantastic teachers and educators that they have in their building. And this is actually the topic for Teach Better Admin Mastermind every Tuesday morning that I get to facilitate. And so that conversation actually starting next week. So for those who are listening, who are current administrators, who are looking to retain their teachers, is there anything that you did on your campus that was successful to make sure that you kept the talented folks that you hired originally? A lot of it is just creating a place where the needs of the of the adults are taken into consideration. You know, we talk about, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a belief, it's not my belief, but there's a belief that you see out that's very popular that everything's for the, for kids, you know, right? Everything is for kids, but you know, everything is in reality, Josh, everything is not for kids in a, in a school, a school is a place where the needs of the adults also need to be met because guess what? If you meet the needs of the adults, they meet the needs of the kids. If you run people ragged and if you, you know, beat them down and if you and if you do things like that, they're no good to you or the kids. And so the idea in the book of, of the ideas in the book are, you know, very much focused on how do you make a place that adults want to come? Because when adults want to come, then kids want to come. And so really that, uh, you know, that kind of distills it down into a few sentences. And each of the chapters talks about one of them, you know, talks about one size not fitting all. School administrators are the worst when we say to teachers, you know, differentiate in your classroom for all these kids that have different needs. And then when we do professional development, we have everybody in the same room doing the same thing at the same time in the same way. And it's it's so much like do as I say and not as I do. And so uh, what I talk about is trying to overcome that, you know, to find ways to overcome things like 
trying to make one size fit all or, you know, creating a calendar, a master calendar where people, you know, that's sensible or considering that people have lives outside of school and what can we do to make the job less uh, impactful to their home and family time? Just those kinds of, of ideas are what I'm hoping the book promotes to other people. That's what I'm trying to get out there. I love it. And no one could see me, but my head was shaking. I, I thought it was going to fall off because that was always my pet peeve with professional development. So thankfully, I had the opportunity to really play around with that model. And, and we did find ways to differentiate and find ways to give time back to teachers and allow them to do different things. So, And I do want to add this. And, and I, I want to say that from the perspective of somebody who has done that myself and maybe sometimes still does it. Yeah. And so I think the the goal of not being a perfectionist that way for yourself and allowing yourself, you know, we want to give ourselves the grace to say, you know what, we have to do this because we just have to do it. Like we were told we have to do this. So let's make this as painless as possible. Let's just get it done. You know, there's no, there's no deep why there's no like, this doesn't go with anybody's word of the year. <laughs> like, like all of those <laughs> that, that try to elevate us, you know, yes. uh, sometimes it's just, you gotta, you know, we, we right now are uh, weeks away from state testing. And sometimes yeah. you have to just have a star test blitz period in the day because you just have to. And when you've created a culture where it's not just like where you're, you're, you're making it seem like that's, the the end all of education and we're going to do the greatest you know whatever it's just you guys we have got this is something that's a real thing that we got to do so let's just let's just get it done and people are willing to work with that yeah well and that's a transparency piece and if they know your heart and know that this is what it is this is from tea i have to do it they understand yeah all right marty let's talk about a couple things so i always love asking this question for all of my guests and that is for our aspiring leaders, or maybe their current leaders, if they can do something tomorrow or next week to enhance their leadership journey, what would you advise them to do? So I think what I would advise somebody who's on the leadership journey to do, I think I would say to force yourself to have a bigger picture perspective of some element, you know, start off with some element of what you do in your work. So if you're a classroom teacher and you are part of a department or a grade level, depending on what level you're at, you know, look beyond just what you do in your class, maybe even beyond just what your grade level does at your school and look a kind of a big picture of where you fit into the entire uh, scheme of, of what goes on in school. Because I think when you do that, you realize the the value of the impact of different things that you may not even realize, you know, so like if you're a special educator, you know, special education is hundred percent of what you do. But if you take a bigger picture perspective, you find out that special education, while a, you know, a large part of what the school does is only actually a small part of what the school does. You know what I mean? And so allowing yourself to have that perspective um, and that, and really all that involves, you can do that by, you don't need somebody to do that with you or for you or whatever. All you have to do is take a step back and, you know, and just look at things in the broader perspective. All right, Marty, I know that you do a bunch of different things, right? You, you're not only writing a book, but you present, you blog, and I would love for my listeners to be able to connect with you on social media. So how can they do that? 
Yeah, for sure. I, you know, you can find me on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I, I would love to hear from people on Twitter because I, I tend to doom scroll on Twitter. So I would love, you know, some <laughs> to read some positive uh, things on Twitter and be connected to some some uh, positive people. That's at at Mr. Silverman one one six. Uh, that's on Twitter. If you are somebody who likes to cook and bake like I do, uh, you can find my Instagram, which is almost all pictures of food. That's where that's where all the pictures of food go. And that's the five Silvermans. That's on uh, Instagram. I'm on Facebook just as myself, you know, Martin Silverman. You can find me on Facebook and you can see pictures of my grandkids and stuff that happens at school. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, just love to connect and and really enjoy being, you know, part of a bigger education community. So definitely would love people to reach out. Man, you gotta you gotta fix your algorithm. The doom scroll. Doom scroll. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, you know it is, and and you're right. It's I, I I probably draw that because I read, you know, and I I make the mistake, Josh, of reading it sometimes, you know, late at night, and I'll read people's comments to the stuff, and I'm like, man, these people and. <laughs> And I have to force myself to to turn it off. Oh, man, you're making me laugh. All right, so everyone needs to get into uh, Twitter and comments for Marty to, to get Happy encouragement time. and all the wonderful Absolutely. things that you're doing in education. And Absolutely. Marty, I know you were just presenting just the other, I mean, just a couple of days ago at a conference. So for those who are looking to bring possibly you into either the district or at their conference, what are some topics that you'd love to speak on? Well, you know, the one I spoke on is essentially what the book is about, and it was developing a culture that uh, makes teachers want to stay. You know, that's that's I, that's a version of the title, but uh, it was talking about some of the things that I talk about in the book. I like to talk about that. I like to talk about a historical perspective of, you know, of education presented on communication about how, you know, I have a presentation called don't let communication breakdowns break you down and one of them is where i I just focus on uh emails that i've received and we talk about like what would you do in this situation it's very action oriented but i you know it's it's the good the bad and the ugly of of emails that i've actually received and i redact a little bit you know of the, the actual names but but we we look at them and then we say so you get this what is your reaction and we talk about how as an administrator, we, you know, take a breath and we don't immediately act based on just one piece of information. And I think that's important. That would be my, so my first step was the big picture. And that would be my second step for somebody is to, you know, consider uh, not reacting immediately to everything that, that comes to you. Yeah. Cause there's going to be a lot coming at you as an administrator. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Every day it's coming at you. So Marty, I just love what you're doing, obviously, not only in your school district, but I'm so excited about the book. Can't wait for that to come out. I think I'll be the first one in line purchasing that and getting the word out that that's coming. So I am just so blessed to be connected with you, have the opportunity to you know, learn about your journey face-to-face. It was such a wonderful time in San Antonio, and um, I'm just so fortunate to have you on the Inspired to Lead podcast. So thank you so much for joining me. Well, Josh, thank you. And I, I, I feel the same. I'm a huge fan of yours. I admire you and I respect you. And, and I can't tell you how honored I am that you asked me to be on this podcast with you today. <laughs>